Coming up in this week's Triton Spotlight, we're talking UC San Diego women's water polo. With the 2023 season set to get underway later this week, you'll hear from longtime Triton head coach Brad Krutzkamp. He'll tell us about the new faces on the roster, what they've been working on in practice, how the Big West is shaping up, and so much more. That's all coming up in a moment in this week's Triton Spotlight. Welcome to episode 71 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, thanks so much for taking the time to join us this week. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment, subscribe, rate the show, or write us a brief review on your platform of choice. And before we get to this week's women's water polo season preview, let's go around campus. Both the men's and women's tennis teams kicked off their 2023 seasons with dramatic victories in opening weekend. The Triton men topped Nevada in a marathon five-hour match, and the women rallied late from down 3-1 to earn a 4-3 win at Grand Canyon in Phoenix. Congrats to Evan Boyle from men's volleyball. He earned Big West Freshman of the Week accolades after opening weekend. And speaking of accolades, how about Triton cast alum Katja Pavicevic? The senior swimmer recently garnered her fourth MPSF Swimmer of the Week honor this season. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Charles Kwan from men's tennis and recent 1,000-point scorer Sidney Brown from women's basketball. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. Here's our conversation with women's water polo head coach Brad Krutzkamp. He recently joined ESPN's Gil Gross to chat about the 2023 season. Uh, let's start by looking back on, on last year. Now that you have had time to evaluate uh, a 20 and 11 season of victory in the postseason in the Big West for the first time, how do you reflect on, on what went down last year? Yeah, great question. Um, I have a lot, a lot of time to reflect about it. And I'm actually really, really proud of how we finished. You know, we beat a Davis team that had beaten us three times. And, you know, they just had our number. We did not match up well with them at all. And to keep a team positive um, and moving in the right direction to let's believe that we really can win and we can beat that team is is a challenge. Um, and um, they responded fantastic. And then to to take it to the next level and almost beat Hawaii in their own pool where we got shellacked by over 10 goals, you know, two weeks earlier. And then we come back in that same deal in the same tournament, only lose by two. We were improving. We were peaking at the right time. And that's kind of what it's about. That's what we talk about in this program all the time is that we're going to play our best water polo in April, not in February. And that's what we're going to keep sticking to. What does the off season look like for you when, when you, when you turn the switch off and maybe take some time to, to reset when it comes to, to thinking about water polo, what does that mm-hmm. look like? Well, when I'm not thinking about water polo, it's usually based on family vacations and, and Padre games. Uh, those are my, those are my focus. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty into both. And um, I enjoy planning and preparing a, a trip to anywhere I can go with, with our family. It's usually some sort of tropical location that we'll all end up with and uh, do some snorkeling together. And then we'll all do some time down at the ballpark as well. A very San Diego answer. Very I, 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 I like <laughs> it. Um, when players are working on on their game, and I, I like to ask these questions because, you know, for people who didn't grow up playing water polo, what does training look like? outside of scrimmaging, working on power play, penalty kill, um, the, the stuff that you wouldn't really see in the game setting, what, what does that look like? It's a lot of swimming. 
It's a lot of swimming and a lot of egg beatering and working on legs. Our sport is so unique that it's, it's by its very nature, it's just exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. Nobody can play a full game. Um, you're never touching the bottom. So you're always having some sort of, you know, we have a, a special kick called the egg beater and, and we work on that a lot. And that's a muscle that most people don't even know they have on the outside of their shin. And so we're doing those kinds of training all the time. We're doing lots of changing directions. You know, you swim this direction and all of a sudden you have to swim this direction. And all of a sudden you have to swim back because that's the nature of the game. Just picture a soccer game and how many times you pivot and stop and move. So, you know, swimming and chasing the black line up and back and forth is one part of it. And that gets your endurance there. But we do a lot of switching back and forth. And a lot of things people don't understand is I would say a good 30% to 40% of every one of our practices is just straight conditioning. It's just being able to stay, you know, afloat. Yeah. Well, I couldn't do it. That's for sure. <laughs> uh Let's talk about uh, some of the departures, which I'm sure is a topic that that is not fun to talk about. But uh, yeah. it starts with with Kira Frankie, mm-hmm. um, who is Big West Player of the Year, big time goal scorer at the center position. Uh, what do you think teammates that got the chance to play with her learned from her? Hmm. I think they probably learned more than anything that you need to put your head down and just work hard. You know, Kira was gifted with, you know, a a water polo frame of a six foot two swimmer body. So she had that going for her, but that's not why she was a good water polo player. She came into this program as, as an accomplished swimmer, but not a very accomplished water polo player. And when she finally left five years later, you know, she's the big West player of the year. That happened because Kira put her face down and swam hard and listened and worked on every little thing that she had to. She was not a good two meter defender when she first started. She was, she really had to work on it. And by the time the season, uh, by the time she was a senior, I felt like she was the best one in the conference. And so I'm hoping, and I think that's where the other athletes on the team learned from her was to watch that, you know, you don't walk in as a freshman and have all the skills and the tools you need to be a successful water polo player. You have to work on it and you have to work on it every single day and you have to be objective and you have to be hard on yourself. And she was all of that. The goalie position is, is also going to be an interesting one. Bennett mm-hmm. Bugelli was uh, an all American and uh, just looking at the roster four goalies, none of them are upperclassmen. Is it clear at this time who the starter is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be Lexi Stahl. Okay. Um, Lexi has been um, fantastic as a backup last year to Bennett. Um, we played her quite a bit of minutes last year to, to groom her, to get her ready to go this season. She's She's been in the USA water polo pipeline for a number of years. Um, when we recruited her, um, it was based on the fact that we had a future uh, intentions of giving her the cage. And this is the year she's been working for. Her. So, you know, she registered her first year. Then last year got to play some a, a good amount of minutes. We would split a lot of games, even though Bennett was, you know, a senior and playing well. And uh, she responded very well. And I can tell you, having practice just ten minutes ago, she's looking as good as ever. So talent-wise, Lexi has all the tools it takes for us to be a successful team. Um, Experience-wise, is a whole other gig. You know, Bennett was as good as she was because of how many blocks and how many games she played by the time she was a senior. 
she had a, a lot of experience under her belt. Nothing made her nervous. So hopefully we can get past that and Lexi won't show any of that and we can play. And I want to ask about the defense. It's something that doesn't always show up in the, the stat sheet other than steals and field blocks. Mm-hmm. Who are the standout defenders who are helping Lexi and avoiding those opportunities, uh, those those high-scoring chances um, at, a, at a really high level? Well, yeah, it starts, it ends with, with Lucia Doak. She, she's our two-meter guard. She's going to be replacing Kira at two-meter D. And, you know, she's got the same body frame that Kira had, and I like that with a two meter guard. Cause it's a little bit longer. You can reach for the ball. You can hit it down and, um, and, and you won't get pushed around cause you have a little bit of size behind you. Um, but she's young. She's just a sophomore. Um, she has some international experience playing with the New Zealand national team and she's learning all the time. I have to keep reminding myself that she's only 19 <laughs> and that she's, she's still figuring this out. Uh, but that will be the key to our defenses, whether or not she can stay out of foul trouble and whether or not she can handle that. Because I remember back when Kira was a sophomore and it was, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't pretty. It was, it was, it was a challenge. And and I think that's kind of the theme this entire year is how young we are and how, how much of a challenge it'll be in a lot of positions. Offensively goal scoring, something that very much does show up on the stat sheet, but um, do you expect to, uh, how do you expect the the offense to change without that that focal point in the middle that that was Frankie and and who would you predict? I know you know it's not always clear at this time is going to shoulder a lot of that goal scoring load. Yeah, um, it will, will for sure be a much more balanced offense this year. In fact, I'm really excited about it. Of all the things I'm worried about, our front court offense is not one of them. Um, we returned Kendall Thomas, who was our starting two meter center last year, and she has just gotten that much better. You know, starting as a freshman last year for us, she had a fantastic outing, and that really allowed Kira to have the season she did because Kira would shoot from the outside and counter attack, which were her specialties. She really wasn't that great of a center, um, but Kendall is a true center. And so she, it, it will definitely start with her being more of a, a focus there. But but Anika Arroyo's outside shot is one of the top in the country. She can shoot the ball as hard as anybody I've ever coached. And she has put in so much work in this offseason to develop herself um, into a, a fantastic uh, a, a player that we're going to count on. But then you take it over to the left-hander side, and we have Courtney Akamura, who was a freshman last year and who has a fantastic shot, especially for a left-hander. So we have her over there. Lucia herself can shoot it. We have a transfer from Cal, uh, Caroline Crystal, who is coming in, and she can shoot the heck out of the ball. So I'm 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 really excited about our offense. I think we'll be fine there. We have a very balanced offense. I always like to hear about those kind of off-season jumps. You know, those stories of of players who who uh, maybe you're looking at and you're like, whoa, what 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 happened there? That mm-hmm. that looks a lot different. Um, like you mentioned with with Annika, are there some other players that that have caught you uh, or have caught your eye um, at this point in the season where it seems like they've made a big jump from last year? Yeah, you know, Courtney um, put in a heck of an offseason. She was young enough to still be able to play in the Junior Olympic tournament. So she practiced and prepped for that. The summer water polo for the women's water polo collegiately isn't very robust. It's it, there isn't a lot really going on. Courtney, on the other hand, was young enough to be able to still put in a really robust summer. So I'm seeing a ton of improvement on decision-making from her. Um, her shot has even picked up a little bit more, a little bit more zip. 
and she's just playing a lot more confident out there than as the freshman that would kind of thrust into a, a starting role last year. So that one jumps out to me, um, certainly a, a lot. The other question I have, which I, I I can't even answer for you today, is is who our role players will be. You know, we're experimenting with a number of things. Since we graduated so many people, we have so such a different looking lineup this next year that we're, we're, we're experimenting daily in practice with who we think can help us off the bench and who can come in. And, you know, Abby Mall um, has certainly showed a ton of athletic talent, and we're going to try to push her as far as we can. Uh, we have some veteran leaders, leaders coming back with Kayla and Maddie, uh, Maddie Solaris and Kayla Peacock, who both know our system inside and out. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to find the right, the right pattern and substitution. We won't be clicking on all pistons for at least, at least 15, 20 games. On a, on a personal level, when it comes to kind of team chemistry, you mentioned there, there are a lot of younger players, but one thing that, that I've certainly noticed about, about water polo is that there is a tight knit community in Southern California, especially how much familiarity is there typically with, you know, freshmen coming in and those kind of interpersonal relationships. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of hit and miss that's hit or miss. There are certain years we come in like five years ago, we had this San Diego core that came in and Kira's four class was just Kira and Bennett and Sidney Bowen and Taylor Onstott. They were all from the San Diego zone and they all played club together in one way or form and they all played against each other for five four years in high school so they came in as kind of a cool tight-knit group and then other years you'll have you know four or five from norcal two or three from la a couple from san diego a couple from out of state and then they 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 take time to bond but the one thing that's always common in our program at least is that they do they do we give this program back to the pro the athletes that's important to me that they're not playing for me that they're playing for each other and so we empower them as much as we possibly can to to play for each other because I don't know how much kind of sports background you have, but you know the best teams I was was ever on was because I was playing for my buddies. I was playing for each other, and we relied on each other, not for the coach. And so we try to take ourselves out of that, and we hope that that's happening. And I see it all of a sudden. Like last night, I was at the men's basketball game, and I'm looking at six freshmen smiling down there in the second row, cheering on the basketball team. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's the bond that's forming all over again. I was a tennis player, so you might have posted to the wrong uh, yeah, to the wrong enough. person. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great to hear, though. And in all seriousness, uh, really appreciate the time, Coach, and, and good luck uh, with the start of the season. I'm looking forward to seeing the team in action. Thanks for having me, Gil. Thanks so much, Gil. The Tritons open their season this week at the UCSB Gaucho Invite in Santa Barbara. And the annual Triton Invite is a three-day affair this season, with matches taking place February 3rd through 5th. Be sure to join us for an all-new Triton cast next week, and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of Triton Cast premiere each Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show, and don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms by searching Triton Cast wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder, you can listen to any of our 71 episodes whenever you want on demand. All you have to do is visit ucsdtritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, you can send us a tweet or email us at TritonCast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to TritonCast. TritonCast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. 
please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at tritoncast.